Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Closets by Design.com. The Chief Jaguar Radio Program is back on the network. Thanks to Malcolm Out Loud. We heard from him earlier today in our uh, regular correspondence segment in our first hour, and we're going to wrap it up today with our third hour correspondent, Mr. Charles Faddis. And uh, Charles, there is a lot of news out there today. Um, and and by the way, you are a busy, busy bee, my friend. I see you <laughs> all over the place writing all sorts of different things, posting things on social media. I don't know when you sleep. I don't know if there's two of you. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, I can't, I, well, there's a secret there, but I can't divulge it. It's that's a, right. It's a trade secret. <laughs> now, um, today, uh, some, some of the big news, this uh, shooting at the NSA, um, I, Drudge Report, I love the headline about the shooting at the NSA, men disguised as women. What? <laughs> Give me the details on this. What what the hell is going on with this shooting at the NSA? Yeah, well, what it seems like it happened here is we have a couple of apparently gentlemen, but dressed as women, who had been engaged in some pretty serious partying at a hotel in Columbia, Maryland, which is uh, maybe 30 minutes from the fort where all this happened. At some point, they made off from the hotel in a car, that belonged to another guy or another individual who had been involved in what partying was taking place at the hotel. By the way, in addition to whatever other substances, there was apparently some significant quantity of cocaine mixed into this. Any event, somehow or another, they end up on the road, and they take an exit off of the parkway. Uh, There are a number of exits or entrances into NSA's compound. There is one exit where you literally come off of the main highway and you go, the next thing you know, you're at the gate to the compound. And it's clearly marked on the uh, way that it's only to be used by employees. But I, I gather in their state they were incapable of <laughs> noticing that. Yes. So they, uh, they go piling off of the parkway and are now at the gate, uh, which, as you would imagine, has extremely heavy security. And uh, instead of responding to directions... They become belligerent, uncooperative, and then actually stomp on the gas and crash into a police vehicle. Whoa! And, uh, and you know, so they're not, not only not turning around and going away, um, but at some point now they're, they're, they're crashing into things. So at some point in this, and the exact sequence of events obviously is still coming out because this just happened this yeah. afternoon. Yeah. Uh, at some point, shots are fired. And one of them is apparently dead and one of them wounded. Um, but it, obviously the first thought was, okay, this is some sort of ISIS-related lone wolf kind of thing. No, it just appears to be one heck of a very bizarre incident. Uh, you know, just, wow, you want, that, that's a very strange sequence of events. Some guys basically got into some some bad coke and decided, hey, we're going to go take on the world, essentially. 
Yeah, uh, and apparently the guy, the third individual, I think it was a man, but I'm not 100% sure, that was involved in whatever partying was taking place at the hotel. It was his vehicle off with, and I understand that he actually reported it stolen. That, like, <laughs> whatever okay. whatever chaos was gone going was ongoing from the time they left the hotel. <laughs> they, they did not wow. leave the hotel in, in a good shape already. <laughs> <laughs> they were cops were already looking for him at that point. So wow, who knows? Uh, you know, this is a bad thing. If you're gonna, if you're gonna party that hard, I would say first thing, uh, take away the car keys and don't get in a vehicle. Yes, and don't try to run the entrance gate to one of the most secure <laughs> compounds in the United States. That will not end well. No, it will not. We've got Charles Pettis with us today. He joins us live, and um, Arab intervention in Yemen. Um, I, I heard loosely about this over the weekend. It seems that there's a, a, there's a lot of things going on in Yemen. What is the latest there? Yeah, well, I mean, the basic issue here is that what we're seeing is that a number of Arab countries led by Saudi Arabia have sort of gotten tired of waiting for us to do something coherent in the Middle East. And so they're moving out on their own. And, um, there are airstrikes ongoing. A lot of rumbling about the Saudis getting ready to go across the border with ground troops. Uh, the Egyptian Navy is coming around and apparently going to institute what amounts to a blockade to stop the Iranians from moving any more supplies in. And the Saudis, I think yesterday, started turning around Iranian flights that were coming into Yemen. Wow. Supply flights for these rebels. So they've effectively already imposed an air, uh, you know, sort of a no well, an air blockade, and and a sea blockade will follow shortly. Uh, so this is a major deal. This is not just a couple of airstrikes and then they're done. This is this is a big deal, and it may get a lot bigger here in the near future. This is uh, this is something that's been happening uh, for what about a week now? Something like that is is the Yemen situation. Yeah, well, I mean, since the Saudis since the Saudis jumped in, I mean, what you have it, look, there's a uh, there's a lot of mad. Yemen, and you have at least a three-sided civil war going on. But the immediate issue is that the Iranian-backed rebels, one of these sides, are, are rapidly overrunning the entire country. So what you have are the Iranians, who are arch enemies of the Saudis, uh, overrunning basically a country that with which Saudi has a very long border. Yeah. And the Saudis are not going for that. That's, that's a non-starter. They're not allowing <laughs> the Iranians, their arch enemies, to have this surrogate, this client state sitting on their border. that They, they will not stomach that. We've got Charles Fattis with us today. He joins us live, as live can get each and every Monday around this time, to uh, discuss the issues of the day and uh, kind of give us a, a wrap-up on, on things moving forward into Tuesday. Uh, this this Yemen situation, I just, I, I'm... Uh, did they did they basically like you were saying they're just sick and tired of waiting on us and they decided to you know go at it go at it alone or or was it a situation of we maybe told them no and it just didn't come out publicly well i think unfortunately the reality is that we i don't know i don't really understand this administration's policy toward iran but somehow or another we seem to have gotten it into our heads that the Iranians are not so bad that we can work with them and they are some sort of force for stability in the Middle East. 
and they are completely out of the box all over the Middle East, from Yemen to Syria to Iraq to Yemen. And the Arab countries, I mean, Iran is a Persian country. Uh, the Persians and the Arabs, don't. there's no love lost between them. Um, these Arab nations like Egypt and Saudi and Morocco, and uh, they're, they're just done. They, they're, they don't. They don't understand what our policy is, and they're tired of waiting for us to get our act together, <laughs> and they have just decided to launch out on their own. What it boils down to is uh, we're tired of waiting. Somebody's got to do something about this, and we're going to do it. Now, uh, what what do you think is going to be – kind of forecast this for me. Is, is this going to end well for either side, or is this going to be uh, a larger picture down the line? Where, where does this go? Well, I think I suspect that if the Arab, if this Arab coalition actually puts sufficient force into this, what you will find is that the Iranians will beat a tactical retreat. I mean, they're not they're not going to start a general war over Yemen, and if you prevent them from bringing in arms by sea and by air, they're not going to really be able to continue to sustain this. Uh, that won't fix Yemen. I mean, what will happen is it will sort of stabilize back in a lower level of chaos. There will still be areas. <laughs> nice. There will still be, ch- <laughs> still be chunks of Yemen that will be outside government control and still madness going on. But the Saudis will be happy because whatever it is, it will not be an Iranian, uh, Iranian client state sitting on their border. Yeah. And that's all they really care about. They don't really care whether Yemen succeeds or not. They just the Iranians to control it. Yeah. Now, uh, there, there's there's some Russian news. The, the Russians are uh, doing some maneuvers in the Arctic. What can you tell me about this? Right. So here's the deal. Uh, you know, the, the, on a geopolitical scale, we have no idea what we're doing. So we're not building the Keystone Pipeline. We're not promoting <laughs> gas exports. We're not really doing anything. The Chinese are building islands in the South China Sea to claim big chunks of the Pacific Ocean because there's oil and gas there. The Russians are doing this. One of the things that they did when they took the Crimea from Ukraine last year was they seized, they they then took ownership of all the offshore oil fields in the Black Sea that the Ukrainians had previously held. So nobody's really focused on that, but they (laughs) grabbed a huge chunk of oil. Uh, They're doing the same thing in the Arctic. There are huge oil fields and natural gas fields up there. Uh, They're basically staging huge maneuvers off in the Arctic where nobody else is. Uh, making very clear that they are prepared to back up any claim they have uh, and shove everybody else out of there. And, you know, once again, we're sort of nowhere to be seen. So these these guys, you know, they play hardball, they fool around, and that's what they're doing. I mean, something like 40,000 troops, they had in maneuvers up near the Arctic Circle. Wow. Uh, getting ready to, to, you know, making a clear, I mean, it's all a demonstration, you know, sort of flexing your muscles, like, here, we're here, and, uh, you know, stay away. Wow. (laughs) Okay. That could get interesting over over the next couple weeks. Um, This this last um, situation here, uh, everybody's running for Congress, it seems like. <laughs> who do we? Who do we have? What? What? what what's the latest? Uh, let Let Let's focus on 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 one individual race. What, what do you have for us? Yeah. Well, I'm I'm uh, throwing my hat in the ring and uh, launching a candidacy in the fifth district in the state of Maryland uh, 
against uh, Steny Hoyer, who's been there since 1981. So we're gonna have our hands full. Wow, that will be that will be interesting to watch over uh, over the, the the next several uh, several months. And uh, what 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 was what was the motivating factor behind this? When I got out of the agency, it wasn't because I had to. It was because, as I tell people all the time, I wanted my voice back. I wanted to, I wanted to be able to speak on issues that I thought were important. And you know, you kind of can't be in a clandestine service and write and speak publicly. Um, and after uh, now close to six years of doing that, uh, now I'm sort of at the point where you know that's that's good. But I want to take the next step, which is not just comment on what other people are doing, but try to have a chance to sit down at the table and and make my own impact. I mean, we we got a lot of work to do in this country. I think we all see that. And, um, you know, I, I think I can bring something uh, bring something to the discussion based on my experience and my background. Well, I think it'll be very interesting. Have you, um, have you sized up uh, kind of the challenge here and what it's going to take to uh, to win this thing? Yeah, the challenge is enormous. There are 16 guys before me that have gone down this road lost. So um, we're looking to unseat a guy who's been in there for decades, who's at the very top of the Democratic uh, leadership, number two in the House of Representatives. Um, It's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of money. It's going to take a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. And, uh, you know, we're already out doing that. I'm already out four or five nights out of the week already talking to people and pressing the flush, and, and we will keep that up. Well, keep us updated on this because this this sounds very interesting. I've had several several friends in the past that have run for uh, for for local races and uh, uh, Kansas Senate and things like that, but uh, never to the <laughs> to the effort that you're undertaking. So this will be uh, this will be interesting. We will have to document this along the way, my friend. And uh, thanks for sharing that with us today. We'll do. We'll keep you updated. Well, Charles, um, next week we'll be off because of Easter Monday, but we'll be back the following week and uh, look forward to chatting with you, my friend. All right. Take care. Definitely. Thank you much. Charles Faddis with us today. That's awesome that he's running for uh, <laughs> for Congress. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.